0: episode 167 of the shock shock Knicks podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you as the off season continues talking more Knicks talking more NBA news in the month of September, plenty of more Donovan Mitchell fallout from him being traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers and a ton of Knicks speculation on the upcoming season has come since a little bit of news as well as the knicks might be in pursuit of another utah jazz player we'll get to that and we'll look a little bit around the league and see what other little tidbits from the nba offseason we can get to in the second half of the show as well so i will start with this it's been an interesting week. Obviously, the way we kind of tell the story around here is podcast to podcast. So our our week, when I sometimes re- reference the week, sometimes I can be talking about Thursday to Thursday as far as you know, when I record in between uh, recording two different podcasts in two weeks. So the week between me sitting down here on a Thursday night and recording this podcast for Friday morning... And us reacting or, you know, myself and you guys reacting live to, or at least very quickly after Donovan Mitchell was traded last week, a lot has happened and I'm very interested and then sometimes frustrated by the way people react to things like this. I, not to go off on a tangent to start it off, but I do want to mention this. I do feel like more than any time in my lifetime, at least my nearly, you know, my two and a half, uh, slightly plus decades, um, on this planet, I have never seen a time. It doesn't matter the sport. It doesn't matter. Sometimes even, you know, the age of the fan, you know, where the fan is from, as far as like part of the country, you know, things like that. We are all so prisoners of the moment. It's unbelievable. And the Donovan Mitchell News reminded me of that this week. It's remarkable how, whether it's been different TV shows, radio sports talk shows over the years, podcasts, you know, you name it. And I get it, right? I host this podcast. And there are times where I have to make a prediction and things like that or want to make a prediction, right? But I do try to do it with a semblance of these other things can also happen. It's not a definitive thing, whereas you listen to different radio shows and certain talk sport shows, not going to name them, you can fill in the blanks where it has to be definitive it has to be well this is the hill i'm going to die on and it leads to memes it leads to social media you know trends and things like that this week reminded me of how ridiculous it all is and i'll start by saying this my opinion has not changed it's a two it's a two-pronged opinion the knicks missing out on donovan mitchell stinks It would have been nice if the Knicks could have pulled this off. It would have pushed the Knicks further down the road in the right direction to improving the team. However, I understand for the first time in a while when it comes to a big star not coming to the Knicks, why the Knicks didn't pull the trigger on this. And it makes more sense the more I read about it, why the Knicks thought this was not the time and they didn't want to give up as much as the Jazz wanted them to give up It also makes sense when you look at what Cleveland ended up having to give up to get Donovan Mitchell. The next part of this that I want to bring up is some of the reactions from people in the media, people on social media, over what this trade means for the NBA and what it means for Cleveland and what it means for the Knicks. Number one, I saw so many people ripping the Knicks that are not Knicks fans. Some of them probably aren't even NBA fans. They're just fans of trolling and ripping people. There's been so many times in the last two decades where you could have ripped the Knicks. This is really not one of those times. The consensus is that the Knicks did the right thing. If you look at what the media is saying, Yes, it feels like a missed opportunity. I know. I've been saying that. But it's remarkable how many people ignore that and just, you know, in the Mad Libs puzzle, just see Knicks miss out and all of a sudden the Knicks nicked again. And I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me because it's clear that the it's clear that these people don't read anything. They just look at social media. They don't read articles. They don't look at people that are actually reporting the news or people that have educated opinions on it. It's, I I get it's not in general a new thing, but in the grand scheme, it's ridiculous. There's no uh, basis to it. And those fans, those people, and I actually put fans in quotations when I said it, They're what's wrong with social media. Like, that's the issue. Uneducated people talking about things, trying to sound like they're educated about it. It's remarkable to me. Now, the Cleveland part of this. Now, this is not just about the fans now. I'm expanding it a little bit to the media. All of a sudden, putting Cleveland in the conversation for best teams in the East... I, I get that Evan Mobley has a bright future. Darius Garland is still there. But did we forget what Cleveland gave up to get Donovan Mitchell? They gave up quite a bit. They gave up a lot of good players, including Colin Sexton. So to just throw them in the top five I was seeing in, in the East, I'm like, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. Last time I checked, the Bucs are still good. So are the Heat. The Sixers have improved. We'll get to that later on in the show. The Hawks are good. The Nets are still together as it stands right now. And if they get off to a good start, I'm assuming they're going to keep that crew together for another year and not blow it up at the trade deadline. And I'm sorry... Did I even mention the Celtics yet? The defending Eastern Conference champs? So to just throw Cleveland in the top five because they got Donovan Mitchell? I mean, if that's not prisoner of the moment, I don't know what is. I'm not saying they're not going to do it. The Cavs had injuries last year and they could have been in the top five last year. But other teams have improved as well. And there's, there's parts of that Cavs team that are aging as well. So there is a lot of young talent, but there is some aging pieces as well. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but to just do it because they made the deal is, in my opinion, not only just prisoner of the moment, but rushing into it for no reason. They'll be a contender. And I said that last week. But to say they're top four, top five, just like that, I feel like that's getting way ahead of ourselves in September. Very odd. I don't understand why this is the trade that all of a sudden everybody goes, whoa, look out for the Cavs. Like, yeah, they're going to be contenders, but look out for the Cavs. Assumes they're going to be like in the Eastern Conference finals. And I don't think that's anywhere near what's going to happen. So it's just, I'm going on for maybe a little too long on it. I just found it so weird and odd and totally misplaced some of the thoughts on the aftermath this week with the Donovan Mitchell trade. And listen, I get that it's kind of fun, right? To plant your flag down and say what you feel. And this is how it's gonna be. There's nothing you can tell me to be different about it. Everyone does it in every form of life when it comes to debate. Now, you just throw in a couple of keywords and all of a sudden that's how it's going to be. Nothing you can say can change my mind. And the other thing is too, you don't hear from those people later on when they're wrong, especially those social media trolls and a few other people in particular, a little bit higher up the social media BS food chain, if you know what I'm getting at. So it's ridiculous to me. So I, I got a little frustrated in preparing for the show, reading some of the comments, looking at some of the articles, not on, my, not on my podcast or anything like that, but about the trade. And in particular, people ripping the Knicks, which I thought was completely unnecessary. They're just doing it because it's fun to rip the Knicks. Ignorance. And then I also thought that immediately plugging the Cavs in for a home playoff series is absolutely ridiculous right now. We're not even at the start of the season. We haven't seen them play together. Now, one of the things that a few analysts had talked about that I thought made a little bit of sense was how was Donovan Mitchell going to fit with the Knicks? And that was something we had talked about a couple of months ago when the rumors really started to heat up around the Knicks getting Donovan Mitchell. So what I said at the time, if I remember correctly, was this is a situation where if you can get him for the price you want, you figure it out. You figure out a way to make it work. To me, the whole, well, Donovan Mitchell doesn't fit with Jalen Brunson thing is more of an excuse after you don't get him kind of a thing. Well, you know, actually, since we didn't get him, it actually might not have worked out anyway. Jalen Brunson and him might not have been a good fit. I think they could have made it work. I really do. I'm not saying that it would have been, you know, absolutely perfect right away, but those are two players that can adjust their games to fit each other's style. And you can't pass up on getting Donovan Mitchell if you can get him for what you want to get him for. So... In the end, the Knicks weren't willing, and I said this last week, to just shove it all into the middle, to 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 go all in, put all the chips down in the center of the table. Cleveland was, and a few people finally brought some sense to the conversation. And because initially the whole thing was, well, if the Knicks had got Donovan Mitchell, are they going to be closer to a championship? The answer is yes, but are they going to win one with just that group? And I and I said this way back in July, or, or at August, I should say. No, I didn't think that the Knicks would be title contenders, but when you have two stars, or at least one star and a budding star in Jalen Brunson, you become an attractive opportunity for a superstar to come to your team, and then the pieces are in place to go and win a title. So... That's why this was a potentially big opportunity for the Knicks, not only for the next three or four years of Donovan Mitchell's contract, but for beyond that. Getting a, you know During that time or just after that, getting stars to come to the Knicks and either join that group or take over from that group and either be consistently good for a long time, for 10 years, or to challenge for a title in the next five, six years. That's why it's a missed opportunity for the Knicks. I get the whole, well, it's not a perfect fit, But the Knicks needed to be involved. They had to try and go for this. And in the end, it didn't work out. And the fact that they get punished for it, like, I think most Knicks fans right now are fine with how it went down. The Knicks did everything within their power that they felt comfortable with doing to get it done. The Utah Jazz got an offer that was a little bit more than what they were asking for, and they took it. They took it. So that's it. That's it. Cleveland shoved as they say in poker they put all their chips in the middle and we'll see how it pays off for them i think donovan mitchell will do well in cleveland i don't think they're going to win a title i really don't but they might get closer like we'll see like I, i the whole um you know instant take culture to me is not a good thing it's borderline toxic it really is on social media it's why, like, it really is why sometimes I, I don't look at the apps. I don't go on social media very often. So, and listen, I, I've gotten, you know, I've gotten some, uh, some blowback from you guys for that. That, you know, I, while well, he never responds to our comments, blah, blah. blah. It's because sometimes social media is a tough place, man. Tough place to be. It's not always because of that. I am busy. I have other work that I'm doing, I've documented that on this show. The other work that I do professionally, but some of it is too, like, it's tough to deal with certain people on social media who are not on there to have a conversation. They're on there to frustrate troll and be ignorant so they can get other people to step into their web. It really is frustrating. And this week kind of reminded me of that. It was very, um, it's frustrating and maybe I should change my expectations of how I go on social media. But going on there, I was just thinking. I wonder what people think about the Donovan Mitchell situation, and maybe this is not new. Maybe just me noticing it in more detail because I was interested in checking. But it, it's eighty percent, eighty to eighty to eighty-five percent of the comments on it were completely uneducated, ignorant comments from most likely fans that either aren't fans of the Knicks that don't understand what the process actually was that the Knicks went through to try and get this done, or are not even fans of the NBA and are just jumping in because one of their friends was like, yeah, the Knicks suck, I, uh, I'm i ripping the Knicks, so you should rip the Knicks, and they rip the Knicks. So it's very uh, sad in a way, but it's also pretty disappointing and frustrating to see uneducated thoughts on the situation even from some analysts just throwing the the Cavs in the top 5 and the top 4 in the east willy-nilly without even a game being played it's not like they got Kevin Durant like come on or Steph Curry or Kawhi Leonard very odd and again that's no disrespect by the way to Donovan Mitchell he's just he's right there just a tier lower I would say on the superstar category so it just boggles my mind. It really does. I, I it's Maybe it's the fact that there's been nothing to talk about these last few weeks of the off season. The net stuff is simmered down a little bit, and this was the last kind of big thing to drop, and everyone has to take out their fangs and foam at the mouth and, and have a take. But I, I just found the whole thing ridiculous, the reaction this past week. Uh, some people in the media, but also uh, mostly, quote-unquote, NBA fans, quote unquote, Knicks fans uh, chiming in on it. I thought most of it was absolutely ridiculous, but I thought most Knicks fans kept it in a good perspective. Listen, Knicks fans can be in that mode as well sometimes where they look for blood on social media, make no mistake about it, but Knicks fans seemed very level-headed about it and I was very happy to see that because they should be, they should be. The Knicks finally went after it. They did it in a smart way. It didn't work out. That's how it should be in these situations. And at some point, if the Knicks keep doing it that way, they will get what they need to push to be title contenders one day. That's the bottom line. So I found the whole thing uh, pretty rough to to watch, some of it to listen to, and and all of that stuff moving forward. So just odd. Odd odd stuff and i'm curious to hear your thoughts as always on these kinds of things but uh i I, and again again right and we'll get to some other knicks speculation and, and some nba news in the second half but i like to think that people that listen to this show are educated when it comes to basketball and educated when it comes to the knicks and i feel like that's the case so maybe sometimes when i leave our our bubble if you will, just seeing what you guys think or whatever. I go out to the, you know, the rest of NBA fans and it's just a cesspool. It really, it really is rough and, and it's uneducated and it's ignorant. You know, it it really comes down to the fact that I really don't think people read anything or look into anything and what, or, or they read things that are from other uneducated people. And all of a sudden they have a take and they have to share it with everyone within earshot. And it has to be, you know, the be all end all and nothing else will happen. It's my take and it will stand and you're wrong and all of that stuff. So that's what I think about it right now. As far as the, the big pictures, the reaction comes flowing in this past week. But the bottom line is this after a week. To think about it. The Knicks can move on with their heads held high. They did what they wanted to do. They didn't overstep their bounds. Did they get their guy? No, they didn't. But there'll be other opportunities, and the Knicks will still be in very good position to get somebody to come to the Garden that can get them closer to winning an NBA championship. And at the end of the day, that's where an organization like the Knicks should be at this stage of the development process, building towards that point. Let's take a break here. When we come back, more Knicks speculation, more Knicks talk as we get closer to the start of the regular season about where the Knicks could now finish, some potential Knicks news involving improving the team, and some NBA news as well, including a big signing for the Sixers. All that more is next on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We'll get to the new Sixers signing in a second. Let's start with some of the news and notes surrounding the Knicks. There was some news about the Knicks potentially improving the roster this week and it's an interesting one this one actually I think just came across not too long ago um, as far as some news basically the Knicks might be interested in Boyan Bogdanovich currently of the Utah Jazz the Knicks would have to make a trade to do it um this is from John Gambadoro of Arizona Sports. Claims that the Knicks might be interested in getting him. This is a big wait and see, in my opinion. I, I think it's one of those deals where um, the Knicks, you know, again, are, are looking to see what they can do to upgrade their team. It's one of those things as well where there are there is another, I believe there's a separate report out basically saying that um, the Lakers are also interested in Bogdanovich as well. It'd be a piece that I think could have potentially improve the Knicks, depending on what they give up, but we'll see. It, it's a smaller thing. This is a guy that can shoot, certainly score the basketball. He's a great shooter as well. The Knicks certainly need that but we'll see again it's one of those things where the jazz are looking to get rid of some of these guys and in the end we'll have to wait and see what happens with it because i don't know i don't know what the price would be to get him it might not be that much depending on what it is but for right now i'll be interested to keep an eye on that and figure out what happens um A lot of speculation this week too about where the Knicks now will finish. Now that the Donovan Mitchell trade is done and he's a Cleveland Cavalier. And as always, you know, we are going to do a, uh, we're going to do a full standings and stuff like that uh, preview as we do every year around here. And we'll do that before the start of the regular season. But I do want to mention that, you know, for the most part, right, power rankings, you know, predictions early on, for the time being, many people have the Knicks around the play-in. And that's where I have them. I think at the moment, the way the Knicks are constructed, when you bring in Jalen Brunson, I think that's a big deal. Are the Knicks a lock for the play-in? No. I don't don't think that that's fair to say. I think the Knicks are certainly one of the favorites to potentially get to the play-in. But one of the things the Knicks do also have to navigate through potentially this season is injuries. If they can stay healthy, I do think that's a big part of it. And they can have some depth on the team. Then I think you could talk about the Knicks in that category of being in, you know, the 9 spot, the 10 spot, something like that in the play-in. Possibly even, who knows, possibly even the 7 or the 8. I think that's definitely in the realm of possibility but again the east is going to be very very difficult and now that the, you know again the knicks did not get donovan mitchell to help out with the scoring load so they're going to need guys like rj Barrett and julius randall to return to form more consistently especially julius randall if they don't trade him of course this season so that's all going to be a big part of this offseason and Jalen Brunson is going to have to have a pretty good year if the Knicks are going to get to the playoffs so all of that it needs to be considered when looking at where the Knicks fall in the Eastern Conference pecking order right now because Atlanta and Cleveland and Philly we'll get to that in a second um they all improved you know Boston will be ready you know Milwaukee is waiting so the Nets, as again, if, they, if the Nets can keep it together and stay healthy themselves, the Nets will be there. They will be in that conversation. And again, they were in the play-in in one of the, one of the most disjointed seasons in NBA history. So if they have anywhere near a competent season, the Brooklyn Nets are probably gonna be in the top three or four with Milwaukee. I didn't even mention Miami, Miami. Will be there, so it it's one of those seasons in the East where, again, if the Knicks had had Donovan Mitchell, that this is one of the the cons of not getting him, I could see the Knicks challenging for the top six, like that that is a possibility. But now that you don't have that scoring on the team, I think the Knicks' ceiling is probably the seven or the eight seed, and you're playing a home play-in game to try to get into a first round series with a Miami, a Milwaukee, you know, maybe even a Brooklyn or a Philly in the first round. So those are all up for grabs for the Knicks because again, I mean, I was looking at the standings from last year earlier today and some of the teams that finished ahead of the Knicks last year. And again, some of them have improved. That's the, the dangerous part of it. But again, like one team that I think could take a step back is the Bulls, for example. The Bulls, although they'll be in the mix, but the Bulls are a team that could certainly take a step back this offseason, and I don't know where they're going to end up this season. The Bulls will be a factor in the East, and no one's talking about them, as always, but Bulls finished sixth in the East last year you know, now Charlotte, I, I don't, I, I think the Knicks could get past Charlotte. I think that's possible, you know, but, and, and Toronto, Toronto is going to be tough. So again, it's not a given, but the Knicks did finish at 11th last year. They were just outside the play-in by six games, but it's not like they finished 13th or 14th. The Knicks are right there. If they can figure it out. And if Jalen Brunson and, uh, Julius Randall and RJ Barrett, can have very good seasons, which I think is very possible if they stay the course. So, it's the East is the East is going to be a brutal slog this season. It really is. Which is again, which is again why I, again I said this last segment the whole Cleveland's going to finish in the top five thing. Hold your horses! Like do we do we? How quickly we forget how deep the East is. So, it'll be. It'll be very intriguing to see how it all plays out. Again, I think I would put the Knicks right now. I haven't ranked it yet. I'm going to wait a couple couple weeks, few weeks to get closer to the season before we do a full preview. But I, I, right now, I'd probably put the Knicks 8th or ninth. Probably put the Knicks 8th or ninth in the East. And again, I, I could see a possibility where they don't finish there. And they don't make it. There's there's a possibility that the the Nets collapse, that the Hornets don't do well, that the Raptors disappoint, that the Bulls take a step back. Like all of that's on the table. But I also think the Knicks have enough to get into the play. And I don't know what they'll do from there. I really don't. It'll be interesting to see. But for the time being, I, I'd put the Knicks ninth. I think that's a fair place to put them, but we'll wait and see. I haven't fully you know, dove into it. But that's been part of the talk this week surrounding where the Knicks go from here, essentially, after missing out on on Donovan Mitchell. So for right now, I, I think, yeah, I think the Knicks getting into the play-in is a good goal. And then you see what you can do to improve the team during the next offseason. Again, the Knicks still might improve the team this offseason. It's why I'm trying to hold off a little bit on ranking the Knicks as, as some are already starting to do. I mean, I'm recording this podcast hours away from the start of the football season. We're not even close to the start of the NBA season. And I'm seeing people ranking the the Cavs here and the Knicks here. Let's, let's wait and see uh, when, when all the shoes have dropped and then figure it out from there. I mean, I was reading an article that Jeff Van Gundy, who's ESPN and ABC's uh, one of their top NBA analysts for the NBA Finals, along with the Mark Jackson and uh, Mike Breen, the great play-by-play broadcaster. And he came out and said that about the Knicks' chances this season. He told Mark Berman of the New York Post, quote, they could shock the world and be a playoff team, but I look at the East and I'd say 8th to 13th is where they should be predicted to finish. And he added, the Knicks have good players, but you line it up against the competition in the East, and this roster is not on the same level, end quote. I think that's the perfect way to put it. Perfect way to put it. The Knicks could finish 7th or 8th. I think it's possible. But the Knicks could also miss out. The East is deep. Jeff Van Gundy, I think, is spot on. So, it'll be it'll be one of those deals where we might, you know, have an idea, like even, this is the other tough part about predicting this stuff, first month of the NBA season last year, I bet you anybody that looked at the first month, right, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but looked at the first month of the season and thought, huh, Bulls are looking really good, not sure about the Celtics, the Knicks, could be a playoff team. Let's see what happens. Like, a lot of preconceived notions, you know? Could this be Phillies year? Milwaukee, could they get back to where they were a season ago? Nobody was talking about what ended up happening at the end of the season. Even a month from then, the league totally changed in the East. And new teams emerged. So, it. it let's see, right? At least, and, and again... I feel like I have had a bit of a vendetta on predictions uh, this episode, but at least let all the chips fall, right? Be educated before you make your prediction. You know, for example, the story we're about to get into, the the Sixers just signed Montrez Harrell, former Charlotte Hornet to a two year, $5.2 million deal a couple of days ago. That changes things a little bit for the Hornets. And it potentially makes the Sixers even tougher and potentially more of a contender in the East. So it becomes one of those things where that could change what I think about certain teams. Right away, that feels like a big loss for the Hornets, a guy that really could have helped them this season. And the Hornets, remember, the Hornets made the play-in last season. This becomes a little bit more of a, oh, okay, that's a big loss right there. And he goes to a contender in the Sixers. Apparently, James Harden, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, played a role in getting him to sign with Philly this offseason. So they really wanted him. They got him. And now that changes it a little bit. Personnel can certainly change a conversation like that so it it really is a a fascinating conversation but it's also one where you need to have the numbers you need to have the data and know the personnel so i i think for right now those are things that that have to be discussed they really do and we'll see. We we'll, we'll see how it all unfolds. There's still a few more shoes to drop this off season. And listen, I'm getting I'm getting ready to hit you all with my predictions for this upcoming season. We will get to that. Season doesn't start until oh my gosh, October, right? So we're we still got a little over a month left until the season gets going some sometime in October. I'm already forgetting when the Knicks open up. I think they open up against Memphis um, to begin the season. Uh, I'll double check that. But, you know, next few weeks, we will get to previews. We'll get to predictions. We will rank the standings in the East and the West. But, you know, like I said, if I had done the predictions today, I would have not had that information. And all of a sudden I have to <laughs> recalibrate. By the way, not that my predictions are any good. Last couple of years, I think it's been pretty back and forth uh on that front, but it, it's just it's just the feeling I have about it at the moment. And listen, this is the other thing. The the Sixers were already a contender, right? I, I don't know if I'd put them in the, you know, championship category, but they're they're a threat in the East. Make no mistake about it. So these are all these are all things that we will Continue to factor in as we get closer to the start of the season. Knicks open up at Memphis on August 19th. That's the first game of the regular season. Memphis will be ready. They will be locked and loaded as long as they're healthy. They will be favored to win that game. Knicks have, I think, four preseason games before that. They play Indy twice. Uh, they play... uh, They go... Oh, it's it's... Sorry. Pistons, Pacers twice, Wizards. Uh, from October 4th to the 14th. Knicks have four preseason games. We'll know a little bit more about some of the younger guys from those games and see where uh, Coach Tibbs and company have this group at for the start of the season. But again, that's a month away. <laughs> We're a month away from preseason games. You know, We're just starting the NFL season. By the time you start listening to this podcast, there'll be an NFL game in the books. So... Let's see how the month unfolds. I don't know what the Knicks will do that, you know, as far as us and looking at Knicks news and Knicks stories and things in that vein, I, I don't know what the Knicks are going to do. I, I really don't. Will they go after Bogdanovich? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I could see the Knicks adding another piece, but because they do have some capital to work with, but they might not find that it's worth it. They've had a big off season in getting Jalen Brunson. That was a big deal. Because again, I will say, you know, that, that was the turn that was the tipping point of this offseason. If the Knicks had done all those things and not gotten Jalen Brunson, this would have been a disastrous offseason. I think that's very fair to say. I, I said it for quite some time, around June and July. So it worked out in Jalen Brun in the Jalen Brunson situation. They didn't get Donovan Mitchell but the Knicks still improved. I think during this off season, I think that is fair to say, do the Knicks become playoff contenders? No, not yet. So, and that was again, why they went after Donovan Mitchell. So for the time being, we wait to see what the Knicks do over the next month. And we see how the rest of the Knicks uh, improve this off season And what the other teams around the league will do during the next month to try and improve the teams and, or just to, you know, in in the case of a team like the Nets, just keep the team together. Just keep the, keep the whole situation from exploding again. And uh, we'll see what happens in October when we finally tip it up to start the 2022, 2023 season. I'm sure, listen, I'm sure there'll be still some things to talk about over the next few weeks that really could impact where I see certain teams finishing and certainly how some of the teams could start this upcoming season, right? And then we'll see from there. The last thing I'll say about it, right? And I apologize from kind of jumping around from different things on this show, but the next season last year is a great microcosm of how an NBA season can go. The Knicks had a decent start to the campaign and they were very much in the mix until February. And the Knicks had a catastrophic, if that's even a word, that the, February was atrocious. The Knicks were terrible and they threw their playoff hopes away in one month. Did the Knicks have a decent finish to the regular season? Sure, they did fine. It was too late. If the Knicks do 20, 30, 40% better in the month of February, they probably get past the Hornets. But that's what playoff, play-in, playoff, whatever you want to call it, teams do. They figure out a way to avoid that bad month, that bad stretch. They end the bad stretch. The Knicks never did that until it was too late. So that's, for me, looking ahead to next season that's what the Knicks have to avoid when it's going badly. You have to get it right as quickly as possible, because if you don't like last season, the entire season becomes a wash and that's when, you know, you're playing meaningless games in March and April. That's what it comes down to the Knicks were mathematically in it for a little while, but not legitimately in it. And that's the difference. So, We'll see if the Knicks can improve upon that, and we'll see how things look as we get closer to the start of the season in the month of October. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. Thank you all so much, as always, for listening. Hit me up at ssaintj7 on Twitter, com in the comments section under the Shock Shock Knicks podcast logo. Let me know your thoughts on the week's news, on the Knicks, and on the NBA as we get closer to the start of the 2022-2023 season. Until then, have a great week, and I will see you all next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network.